Dun, 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 dun. I have published a new book. It's called The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude. If you like morning motivation, you're going to love this book. You can find it on Kindle and in paperback form on Amazon, and the audiobook is coming soon. So check out The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude on Amazon now. Happy Sunday. We're going to start doing something a little bit different on Sundays. I'm going to try this out. I think you're going to like it. I think I'm going to like it. I think we're all going to like it. It started last Sunday when I was at a sunrise Easter service at 7 a.m. It was 35 degrees in Noank, Connecticut. And I was listening to the service, and I realized that I've learned a lot. I've discovered a lot about spirituality, about self-awareness, uh, about all kinds of things that are valuable to me that might be valuable to others. And I'm the sort of person, if I learn something and can't teach it, it's not worth that much if it's just for me. That's why I do Morning Motivation as a podcast. That's why I share this. And I asked God, I said, give me a way to share this. And he pointed my eyes towards my very own podcast that I record every single day, or at least send out every single day. Um, for those who are curious, I'm actually recording this on that very Sunday to which I refer, but this will come out the following Sunday. And I realized that I could take one day a week and use it as an exploration, use it as a, a meditation, if you will, on some topic. And I'm going to do that. So six days a week, music and motivation and find your greatness and all that. And one day a week, of exploring things as I am finding them. I would not call it a sermon because a sermon implies that I am the pastor and I have the answers and I am giving them to you and I'm not. I am 10 feet further up the path than you may be or 10 feet down a different path from the one that you are far along. Either way, I know things that you don't, but that doesn't mean that I am an expert or a guide or guru or profit, it means that I've seen some things that maybe you haven't noticed and it might help to point them out to you. I will often be referring to a passage of the Judeo-Christian Bible, well, the Christian Bible, really, and that might lead one to think that this is a Christian piece of content, Christian podcast, and I want to disillusion you of that. I believe that the universe is like a hologram to some degree. Now, holograms are very interesting objects in that each small piece contains all the information of the larger piece. So if you have a five foot by five foot sheet of glass with a hologram in, engraved, etched, I don't know what, you, what the verb is for that, uh, for a hologram in it, and you break off a one inch by one inch piece of it, all of the information contained in the large piece is in the small piece. And if you look deep enough in it, if you dive deep enough into it, you will find all the truths and answers that are in the whole in the small piece. And I believe that enlightenment and religious texts are similar to that, whether it's the Bible or this, the sayings of Buddha or the Quran or various other religious te texts that I can't even name, not being a full-on religious scholar, uh, and possibly even works of literature. If you dive deeply enough into them, you will find the universal truths of mankind and the world and the universe and all the rest. 
So what is key is not taking just the right text, but going deep enough into it. Because when you start, you're going to be learning the who, what, when, why, where, who are these characters, what are they doing, what does this mean, what is the background. So that's the first bit of exploration, which takes a long time. And then under that, you start to find the actual truths. So if you're trying to find the perfect text, you'll be at that surface level forever. Whereas you can take any text and dive deep. Well, the Bible I happen to know pretty well. I would not call myself a biblical scholar, but I know it pretty well. I know the characters, I know the time, so I know some of the context, and I've been working on it for a while. So that's the text I'll be using. I believe it is the Word of God, just like all the rest are also the Word of God. It is not the exclusive Word of God. There are things in it, and I'll probably get into this another time, that say things like, I am the only way, because that's what people needed to hear. If you say, I am one of the ways, they'd be like, well, are there better ways? Well, let me look, because this one seems pretty challenging. Let me find a better way. He, Jesus had to say, I'm the only path. Because otherwise, people would be shopping around and be like, eh, you're pretty good, but uh, let, me, let me check some other messiahs, see how they're doing, see what they might offer me. So uh, we might dive into that in a, in a future Sunday. But So I will often use biblical texts simply because they are useful tools for exploration, not because they are decisive answers and the word of God as it is written. Um, now, this is especially important in... Now, I don't want to digress too far on this, but the Bible is very valuable to help us discover truths, not to determine laws. And if you are making laws based on it, make sure you understand the whole thing. But we'll talk about that in, in other weeks. The passage that got me thinking about this and got me started, look, I am five and a half minutes in and I'm giving you the passage that starts it. Yes, these may be long. I don't know. You may listen, you may not. Uh, I am also going to put these on their own separate podcast feed, as a side note, because some people might want to listen to just these and not the other morning motivation stuff. Um, so if you're listening to this on the separate feed that I haven't named yet, this uh, is part of a larger morning motivation. That's the name of that podcast feed. And if you're listening to this on morning motivation, at some point I'll probably have something in the description that'll link you over to the uh, the Sunday Reflections, or whatever I finally decided to call it. So, the passage that I uh, that got me thinking along this line is John 20, 24 to 29, um, which talks about something that I've been exploring lately. This is, uh, an, is an Easter service, so this is an Easter-related, you know, God is or Jesus is risen passage, and I'll read it for you in case you're not familiar. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hand unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. And see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So, first off, let's just get out of the way the fact that Thomas is saying, I want to stick my finger into the squishy, bloody, gory hands and 
wound on his side. That is actually what he's saying. Um, so, you know, no to say the Bible is, is sanitized material ever. Uh, but the, the point is, he's saying, I'll have faith when you show me. And something I've been discovering recently is in the Bible, there's a lot of places, a lot of places where it talks about the power of faith, not the power of God and faith in the power of God, but the power of faith itself. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And I misunderstood this, I believe, misunderstood this for decades, and most people misunderstood this completely. So a lot of religious leaders conflate themselves with the religion. Believe in me, the pastor, because you believe in God and I am speaking for God and sharing the message. And so this faith in things you have not seen allows people to do the dumbest things that they shouldn't do, but they put blind faith in other people. What if that's not the kind of faith we're talking about? I talk about this in Morning Motivation quite a bit, the idea that you have greatness, that you have something given to you by God, that you have some power handed to you so that you can do great things, and you can just, you know, just do it, and, and the more you believe in it, the more powerful it is. So let's talk about this concept of faith in things you have not seen, simply because you have the faith. So I tell you, me, Morning Motivation Guy, that's my only authority, I've got a podcast that you listen to. I tell you that God has given you a mission and a commission and something to do and the gifts and tools to be able to do it, and you say, all right, I'm going to believe that because it's better to believe it than not to believe it. So I'm going to believe that. I'm going to act as if that's true. I'm going to act as if I have a mission and that mission is important, whatever it might be. Maybe it's bringing people comfort. Maybe it's teaching people their own power. Maybe it's helping people out of a hard situation, whatever. And I'm going to go into the world carrying that faith. Faith. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. I haven't given you any evidence. In fact, I've given you a radio answer. I don't know you. I've just said, you, listener, you have a mission. You have, a, you, you have been blessed by God with what you have. Now go do it. You can't fail because God's in your side. Well, that's not, I, I can't prove that to you individually, obviously, but you've taken it and you say, okay, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to go do that. So you go out and you start doing it and you run into obstacles. But when you hit that obstacle, you say, I have been given a mission by God. And I'm not going to let this stop me. Because God gave me a mission. <laughs> I can't stop. I'm on a mission for God himself. So this is going to do a few things. One is, when you hit the obstacle, your mindset is not going to be, oh boy, I'm going to stop. Your mindset is going to be, well, obviously I'm going to get around this. I'm on a mission from God. I wonder what the, how I'm going to get around this. Let's see how this turns out. And then you're going to find the answer because you, you're looking for it. And you're not going to stop looking for it until you find it because you know it's there because you're on a mission from God. But also, you're going to have less obstacles. Because when you encounter people who might become obstacles, you will be presenting such confidence, such authority 
that they're going to look at you and doubt themselves. When two people meet in opposition, there is a challenge of faith. There's a contest of faith. There's a contest of belief. Which one believes they can win? Sun Tzu said most wars are won in the temples before they ever get to the battlefield. It's about morale. When two armies come together, the one that believes they can win very often wins because the one that doesn't believe will break and run and be routed much more easily than the other. So when two people come together, you come up against someone who's trying to stop you for whatever reason. They're trying to enforce some kind of rule on you or they're trying to, you know, it's usually not your competitor. It's usually uh, someone who's just there doing their job, but they're trying to stop you and you've got this faith. They're going to start doubting themselves. You would be amazed how many restricted areas and locked doors and uh, such places you can get through if you have enough authority, if you have enough faith, if you have enough belief and confidence. I have walked through many a door that's a staff-only restricted area and just breezed right past and nobody even questions me. I had no statutory authority to be there. But I was walking like I was supposed to be there. People glance up. They say, yeah, he looks good. And they go back to what they're doing. And on you go. It's because I had that confidence. The Bible often used the word authority, which I'm sure is translated loosely from other words that the Bible is originally written in. But Ob talks about the authority of God. And that's one of those words you kind of like, huh, that must be a different use of it. Whatever. But it's actually the right word, I believe, because the authority of God is the ability of you to do what you're meant to do. To come in and say, hey, I'm going to go do this. This is the thing I'm doing. All right, the book of Acts, in one of the through lines, is Paul trying to get to talk to the emperor. The emperor of Rome. Pretty big deal. Not just any emperor. Augustus, I'm pretty sure. Like, the emperor. The one who set the tone for what all the other emperors would be. And Paul's like, yeah, I need to get a meeting with you. But he acts with authority, and so he's able to do this. I'm pretty sure he gets arrested to get the meeting. See, didn't say I was a biblical scholar. Just said, I'm familiar with a lot of it. <laughs> but, now, here's the interesting thing. I just told you I think I know this, but I don't. If I said that with enough authority, and I'd been wrong, eight out of ten of you listening would have then said, yep, that's probably what happened. I'm pretty sure Paul did go to speak to the emperor, and that's what that story is all about. Because I said it with authority. Okay, I didn't say it with authority, because in case I am wrong, I didn't research that properly. I don't want you carrying around the wrong belief on what's actually in the Bible. Go check it yourself. Acts is not that long. It's like 10 pages long. Uh, but the point is, it's that authority. And oftentimes, we are taken in by people of authority. And this is part of why I'm, I'm making clear this is not a sermon. I don't have the answer. I have some answers, and they may lead you to your own answers, which may be different from or the same as mine. But I found some things, and they seem true to me, and I'm going to share them with you because I think they might help you, and maybe you're not exploring this at all, and this is the first you're encountering it, and maybe something else. But that's why I feel like I, I need to do it. But the point is, by having faith, Faith in things not yet seen. It gives you the confidence 
and the authority to do the things you are meant to do. Faith on its own is powerful. And it took me the longest time to realize that it doesn't even matter what it's faith in. Which is funny because I learned this concept a very long time ago and then forgot because I am a gamer. I didn't forget because I'm a gamer. I learned as a gamer. There is a, uh, a game called World of Darkness. It's a role-playing game. And one of the parts of it is Vampire the Masquerade. It's a vampire role-playing game. Great game. I uh, haven't played it in decades. Really should play it again. But one of the concepts of it is true faith. You can have, have the merit of true faith. And if you are a human who has true faith, you can use that to repel powerful vampires. And in the in the book, so this 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 series is very well researched theologically. So it's a fascinating series because it's it goes into this. And one of the things in the in this true faith concept is true faith has the same game mechanics no matter what you have true faith in. True faith has the same game mechanics regardless of what you have true faith in. And I'll never forget that there was one uh, a player in a, a live-action role-playing game, uh, uh, live-action role-playing, which is called a LARP, who he had true faith, and he decided he was going to have true faith in his butt. Right? Not true faith in God, not true faith in a Bible, not true faith in some spirits, true faith in his butt. He believed deep in his heart of hearts that his butt had the power to rebuke and repel the undead and unholy things. And it had that power because he had that belief. He had true faith in his butt. And it was his belief that made it powerful. It was merely the belief that made it powerful. And this concept, which I ran across over 20 years ago and never really thought about in the full context, remember I was saying earlier about the, the hologram, that any part of literature, art, writing, philosophy, if you go deep enough, has the truths. This is a game. And this was some kid, it was probably 19, 20, 21-year-old, who came up with this, this true faith in his butt concept. The truth that I'm discovering 20 years later was right there in the game, right in front of me. Just by diving deep into this game, the answer was there as well. And of course, what helps me to find it now is faith that it can be found. And once I start believing and having faith that it is there, the answers are there, the meaning is there, I just merely have, the, have to have the faith to find it, I now start to find them. So the power, the power is not necessarily in God. And what is God? That's a very good question to which I certainly can't give you an authoritative answer. We'll dive into... Is God the creator the same as God that we pray to today, the same as God we have faith in? That's a whole different question we'll get into in another another Sunday because it's running a bit long. I don't know how long these are going to be. Maybe they'll be an hour, maybe they'll be 10 minutes. I don't know. But the power is in the faith itself. And you know, go go through go through the Bible, go to Bible Gateway and just search for the word faith and look for passages around faith. You're going to see faith itself is where the power comes from you know the, there's the there's the story where um 
the Jesus going through the crowds and everyone's trying to everyone's trying to touch him or get blessed by him. And, you know, it kind of reminds you of the paparazzi. Jesus, 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 you know, touch me, bless my son, do this. And this one woman, who's she's, she's a beggar, and she's like, I'm not good enough to ask him for anything, but if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that'll heal me. That'll be enough. And she has so much faith in him that she believes that just touching the edge of his clothes, the hem of his garment, will give her what she needs. And when she touches it, Jesus feels the power and stops and says, I felt power flow from me. Who was that? I want to know who that was. I want to talk to that person. And she said, you know, she's like, Jesus, I just want to touch the hem of your garment. I'm not good enough for you to talk to. I am, I'm not good enough for this. But I believe that you are so powerful that me touching your clothes will give me what I need to, to be just a little bit better. And I think this is where we're going to wrap up around the power of faith and imposter syndrome in case that's something that might help you. So she believed, she didn't believe in herself. She believed she was nothing. She believed she was she was dirt. She believed she was a muck in the road. And if you know anything about that time in history, the muck in the road wasn't just water and dirt, if you know what I mean. She believed she was, she was among the muck in the road. She didn't deserve Jesus' attention, but she believed that he was so great, so powerful, that just getting a tiny bit would heal her. Instead of going from memory, I might as well actually read the passage for you that I'm talking about. And um, so this is from Mark 5 uh, in the 20s into the 30s. Um, so, you know, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood of 12 years which I believe means she'd basically been having her period for 12 consecutive years. And keep in mind, in the Jewish tradition, you are ritually unclean when you're having your period. She'd been doing it continuously. Probably also caused some, like, iron deficiencies and other issues. But more importantly, it was a spiritual deficiency in the culture of the time. Uh, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing bettered but rather grow worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And immediately Jesus, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? I seem to have grabbed one of the old style uh, translations. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So his faith, her faith, had made her whole. He didn't say, My power has healed you. Her faith healed him. The act of touching him is the act of faith, the execution of the faith, but the faith is what healed her, not Jesus' power. This is a key distinction. See, she believed herself to be unclean. She believed herself to be unholy. She couldn't talk to Jesus, exalted rabbi. She'd been unclean for 12 consecutive years. 
but she had the faith that he could heal her, and that faith did. And I say this to you, who may believe that something is holding you back. You're not good enough. You don't know enough. You're not smart enough. Who are you? It's your faith in things outside you. This is how you bypass this whole imposter syndrome thing. You believe you're not good enough, but if you can have faith that something else is, that can carry you to do what you need to do. We'll talk more about the fact that you will then deserve the rewards of what you create using greatness outside of you because it is part of you as well. But take that right now. Faith, the mere belief in something great out there is powerful in and of itself. Don't worry about what it is. Just know that it's real. So every Sunday I'm going to be having an exploration like this. Some things I'll be saying authoritatively like I just did. Some things I'll be exploring. And you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Email me, michael at guy who knows a guy. Give me your thoughts, your ideas, and how I can be of service to you. What you want me to explore. Uh, if you have thoughts that are different from mine, I want to hear them. Because that's how I grow and how I learn. So again, michael at guy who knows a guy dot com. Check the show notes for the two different feeds this is going to be shared out in. And if you know someone who would find it interesting, please share it with them. Thank you so much for your time and your intention and your faith in me that I might provide you something worthy of your time and attention. Be well, and I'll talk to you next week or tomorrow if you're listening on Morning Motivation. I have published a new book called The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude. If you like Morning Motivation, you're going to love this book. It's a lot of the same concepts. The basic principle of the book is that I was coaching clients, and they were telling me about their dream life, and I was recognizing elements of their dream life in my everyday life. And it made me realize there's things in my life that people are dreaming of, and there's things in my life that the me of a few years ago would absolutely have given his right arm for, and chances are you've got the same. So I took these concepts about values and what makes us do what we do, vision, where we want to be, and gratitude, appreciating the awesome things we have, and put them together into one awesome book called The View from the Deck, Values, Vision, and Gratitude. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search for Michael Whitehouse, The View from the Deck, and get your copy today.